Welcome to the Ben Wait Podcast, where we are bridging the gaps between able-bodied and disabled people through real talk and real conversations from a wheelchair. Now, here's your hosts, Luke and Chris. So we got Riley here with us. How you doing, man? Doing good. That's good. With the church and everything and enjoying this beautiful day, I see. Yes, sir. <laughs> so, um, I know you play baseball and everything, and um, but you have what diabetes, right? Yes, so, sir. Type one diabetes. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about that right quick because I um, I was very interested in knowing your story about that, getting to know your story about that. So, um, yes. First of all, let's get where you're from again. You're from Cleveland, right? Yes, sir. I'm from right here in Cleveland. Okay, good, good. Okay. And when did you find out that when when did you find out that you had uh the diabetes? Yeah, so I mean a little bit about my, my story with diabetes is um I, I I explain it as a miracle itself. Um my mom had to go into the hospital to get some gallbladder, her gallbladder removed. Okay. Um so for the weekend, uh me and my siblings stayed with my uncle who's a doctor mm-hmm. um here in Dayton. And uh over the couple of days you kind of realized I had some symptoms that weren't really um, normal. And there's just, you know, odd to see a, a nine-year-old boy um, have showing these symptoms of being like lethargic, having to uh, use the bathroom a lot and just really tired all the time. Um, so uh, it was, I think it was about Saturday or Sunday. I think um, I had, he took me in to get some blood work done mm-hmm. and um, my family runs uh, with mono. So they weren't for sure if I had mono or something else. Um, so they tested me for mono and turns out I didn't have mono. Um, so then they were just kind of weary and, you know, kind of confused on what I would have. Um, so my mom came out of the hospital, she's doing fine, you know, and, uh, they decided to take me into the hospital, get me, get some actual blood work done and, uh, walk into the hospital. I was, you know, just tired. Um, nothing really odd. Um, just a nine-year-old boy, you know, loves baseball, loves family, loves hanging out with friends, uh, walk into the hospital get some blood work done. And, um, a couple hours later, they moved me into an ICU room and, um, you know, we're just waiting to hear what they say. And they come back saying, Hey, your son, um, he has type one diabetes and, um, a normal blood sugar for someone is usually in the range of 80 to 120. Okay. And, uh, the doctors came in and told us that my number was 999. Oh, um, oh so it's kind of shocking. They said I was <laughs> supposed to be in a sugar coma. Um, so they've said it was a miracle that I was able even to walk into the hospital that day. So, right. yeah, that's crazy. That is, man. Yeah. That's like, so, um, you said nine years old, this happened to you was nine. So yes, sir. when did you start playing baseball though? Like, is it, was it around that time? Well, I mean, I grew up playing baseball. I started around probably four years old. So this was, I mean, this was probably right when I was about to get kid pitch, um, right when things usually change for a baseball standard. Yeah. I got you. Um, so did that. So, okay. I don't really know too much about diabetes. So when you say type two, what does that mean? Yeah. So type two is more, um, you can prevent it from happening. It's, Mm -hmm. um, usually for people who don't really take care of their diet and um, their health, they can, they usually get overweight and the, their blood just starts to, um, or the pancreas start, stops to work. Um, but you can, you can 
technically get diabetes, type 2 diabetes, and you can also lose it. Um, type 1 is just basically God-given. You can't really do anything about it. It's just that it happens, and you have to live with it. Okay, so with type 2, how, how are you doing with it now? Like, um... He's got type 1. Huh? He's got type 1. Type 2. You say you no, have type 2, he's right? He's got type 1. No, I have type, I have type 1. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. My apologies. I thought I heard type 2. Okay. So, um... Like when you heard that, we I know, like you said, that you could have been a sugar coma, but like being nine years old, like, do you believe, do you think that like that could affect you playing baseball or anything like that? Was that even on your mind? Yeah. So at the moment, I didn't even really know what diabetes was, um, let alone the effects that it would cause. Um, you know, from what they told me, they said I'd have to just have some shots every now and then. Um, I'd have to prick my finger to get my blood, um, my blood sugar. Um, you know, my mood and stuff can change, but I didn't really think about much like how it affect me. Um, cool story is after I got out of the hospital, I actually went, I think it was the next day I went and um, got to play baseball again. So the next day I went back with my team and uh, we played a tournament there. So, um, you know, I didn't want really to think about it, but, um, looking back, it was definitely, definitely something a nine-year-old should really go through. Yeah, you're definitely right. That's for sure. <laughs> it's a little bit too much because some love. Probably took it away from me, but <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Well, what has it been like though dealing with that and you know playing baseball and everything? I know you still play it now. So what has it been like dealing with that diabetes? I mean, with it being type one and knowing that you're just stuck with it. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely been a hard process. Um, walking through, you know, growing up and stuff. Um, something that it looks like now is so I have a what they call an insulin pump. It's basically like the pancreas, um, it monitors my blood sugars and um, gives me the medicine needed. Um, but it's still something that's attached to me. I have like a small catheter that's attached to me with a cord and um, mm. a small device that's with me um, all the time. So on the baseball field, I usually carry it in my, my um, back pocket. I have to, I have to make sure it doesn't, nothing like catches it and gets caught. Um, you know, I've had situations where I've slid or I've sweated so much that the, the port itself has come out. Um, and therefore once the port comes out, I have to replace it. And until I replace it, I can't eat, can't really have any sugar. I have to monitor my, my blood sugar, make sure I'm not going high or not going low. Um, so it's definitely a struggle. It's, you know, just something extra to think about. Um, but it's nothing I can't handle. It's nothing that really has defined me. Um, it's actually probably made me stronger just because I have to, look out for something else and you know it makes me unique so i'm a you know it is what it is but i i wouldn't change it for the world well, that's good, i feel that I like that that's how i am let's go back to lee so we can talk about a little bit more of that but like what made you want to go to lee lee university yeah so uh <clears throat> a little backstory is i'm i'm homeschooled so i was homeschooled all through um, up to high school and never went to public school at all. Um, so obviously looking at high school baseball, I didn't really have a lot of choices. Um, either way, I'd have to fill out some paperwork. We weren't sure if homeschoolers were allowed to play baseball in public school. Um, so fortunately, my dad played at Bradley Central um, growing up. So he knew the coach there and um, knew that it was a good program. So uh, we talked to the coach and I tried out, made the team. Um, so I, I appreciate that. Um, I started varsity baseball as a freshman at Bradley Central, um, had a lot of success, had a lot of trials, um, a lot of struggles as well. 
Mm-hmm. But um, one of my teammates at Bradley was um, Dylan Stanford. He's also from um, here in Cleveland. He went to Bradley. Um, and he committed to Lee as a sophomore in high school, or I think as a freshman, actually, in high school. Um, so I was like, wow, Dylan, if this guy can make it, he's really good. I, You know, it's got to be a good school, good program. So um, sophomore year, Lee started looking at me, and they offered me. Um, I didn't put much thought into it. Prayed about it a little bit. Knew that it was a good Christian faith school. Um, being a Christian, you know, that's something I really value. Um, but I also knew that um, if Dylan Stanford could go there, you know, I could go there and play um, and knew they had a good program. So I really didn't think much about it. Um, it felt like the right choice to me and I've enjoyed it since. That's cool. That is good. Now you mentioned you had some ups and downs at, uh, in high school. So what were those, if you don't mind going into that? Yeah, I mean, it's baseball. So you one day could be, you go four for four at the plate and mm-hmm. do a play great game. The next day you go over four for strikeouts. So, um, I mean, one specific situation would be, I think it was my, my sophomore year. I went, um, I went on a streak for going over 27 and at oh. bat. So I didn't have a hit for, I think about six or seven games. Um, and you know, as a, as a player, as a hitter, that just that mentally, physically, emotionally just crushes you down. Um, but all that to say is, you know, we had a great sophomore year. We won, we all went to sub state. Um, unfortunately lost in substate, but, um, you know, it's baseball. So it's just a, it's a day-to-day process of putting in the work and, you know, letting the game reward you when it rewards you. Right. And what position do you play? Yeah. Uh, so in high school, I played third pitcher and catcher and at Lee, I'm just a catcher. Okay. And, uh, what did you do mentally to get yourself out of that slump, that six game streak there? Yeah, so mentally it was very rough. I'm in high school. I was known as a head case. I'd think about everything and try to overcorrect everything. Um, for me, it meant just more more work, more time in the cages, more time hitting off a tee, off a front toss. Um, I would wake up about six thirty, seven thirty every morning and go hit before school. Um, and I'd go to school and I'd go back to practice and you know work out and get more hitting reps in. Um, so for me, it just meant putting more work in. Uh, that's really what it came down to doing. Mm-hmm. And do you still struggle with overthinking stuff now? Like, does that still affect you? Uh, I mean, I would say that there's never a point where uh, the, the mental game gets better. I'd mm-hmm. say that I've gotten better with it and learning how to control it. But um, yet again, I'm a freshman in college, gotten thrown in, uh, thrown into, you know, a different world, really. Um, so I wouldn't say that I've gotten like hundred percent better, but I definitely, um, definitely see the bigger picture now. How, how do teammates, like, how do y'all encourage it? Because obviously sometimes your teammates going to go through that same type of battle where he's not hitting the ball right and you're kind of, you know, streaking. So how do you, how do y'all encourage each other, um, with it? Yeah. So usually, I mean, it's best to say just like next pitch, like forget what just happened. Let's go to the next pitch. Let's attack this mm-hmm. next step back here. Forget what happened there. Um, so what you struck out, Hey, that pitcher, he can't beat you, man. You just got to yeah. pick your head up. Let's go at it. Yeah. I got you. What is your favorite position to play? That's what I want to know. I, I'm, I love baseball. I'm a, I'm an Orioles fan. I'm from uh, Maryland. So I, I grew up a Kyle Ripley fan. So. <laughs> okay. So favorite uh, MLB player here. Mm, that's a tough one. 
I'd probably say I'm a big Anthony Anthony Rizzo fan. I don't know why. Ooh, I just okay. there you go. I, I've been, I've been told I look like him and I kind of respect <laughs> him, so I like it. That's hey, as somebody who grew up a diehard Chicago Cubs man, <laughs> that makes me very happy. <laughs> I want a diehard. I like Sammy Sauce when he was in town. Though, yeah, <laughs> he was a beast, bro. But I think my favorite player was uh, Ken Griffey. Just oh, man. he just when he swing that ball, I mean, swing the bat, bro, just looked so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I, I always like. Love him. I mean, he was like my era. So growing up, I just loved to watch him play ball. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> then we went to Cincinnati and just, I don't know what happened to Cincinnati. So <laughs> 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 you should have stayed in Seattle. <laughs> but that's cool, man. Um, oh, I keep losing my train of thought. Just slow yourself down. Yeah. All right. Take the time out because I got to. You say Anthony Rizzo. So who's your favorite team? Who do you, you know, because there's no, no team here in town. So do you, do you root for the Braves or? Uh, if I was to be honest, I don't really have a favorite team. I don't really keep up with uh, MLB. I'm a big college. I like college baseball. I think it's, there's more action in college baseball. So uh, professional wise, I don't really have a favorite team. I'm a, my mom went to the University of Florida. So I'm a Florida Gators fan all okay. the way. Uh but yeah, I don't have a favorite MLB fan. So okay, and another question: uh, being a catcher, you play more catcher here in the league, right? Yes, sir. So I'll just ask you some because uh, I like the sports and whatever. So like, do you have somebody that you model try to model your game from, um, or is it just like? Uh, I mean, I mean, any catcher could say Yadier Molina is probably hands down the best catcher in MLB. Um, I respect him a lot. He, you know, he just has calmness and um, you know, confidence that is unshakable. Um, I'm also I like a lot of JT Real Muto for the Phillies right now. He's doing really well. He's um, you know kind of a, a young guy getting a lot of time and he's doing really well. So I um, I look up to him a lot too. That's what's up. That's good, man. And what has uh, playing catcher? What has that been like for you? What has it been like from a leadership? position because I know you're the guy that goes out there when the pitcher's struggling it's you you got to go out there you got to calm them down so what has that been like for you what have been the the learning aspects of that the ups and downs so far yes so that's a that's a big part of my uh I'd say college career learning aspect has been um just the role of leadership and what that looks like um so I came in obviously as a freshman there was one one uh senior catcher above me um and going to college I thought all right you know, obviously he's going to get the start because he's been here. He knows the staff, he knows the plays. Um, you know, I could be a second string if, if anything ever happens. I just got to work my butt off, make sure that um, no one else can beat me to that spot. Um, so we get a couple of weeks into our fall season, our fall, you know, um, workouts and stuff. And because of COVID and all of everything that happened, he got the chance to opt out of his senior year um, and not play anymore. So, we got the news as a team and we were heartbroken because he was one of our biggest leaders and, you know, rocks on the team. Um, so with that being said, you know, I was the next guy um, in line. Obviously I still had to work my butt off for it. And um, in the fall, you know, I had struggled a lot. I was, I was barely doing, I was not doing good behind the play. I wasn't hitting good. Um, so it was tough, but 
Um, I'll also say, you know, the pace of the game is a whole lot different from high school to college. It's, you know, not only is the pitchers throw harder, they, their, their stuff is better, um, but just everything in general is just faster, better. Um, you have to think a whole lot more than you do in high school. Um, and, you know, they're not kidding when they say it's a job. It's 100% a job and you have to get to do your best at it. Um, so mentally and as a leader, you know, I just I was put under put under the bus there and had to work my way up. Um, there was a lot of plays that I had to learn. A lot of I have to know each pitcher, you know, what kind of pitches they throw, um, what kind of pace do they like to pitch at. We have several guys that just want to get the ball, get the ball back, pitch, pitch, pitch. <laughs> and then we have some other, some other guys that just like take their time and they just want peace and relax and then go at it. So um, what that looks like on the field is just, you know, um, being being the best encourager I can be to the, the pitchers, to the team, making sure my head is on a swivel, knowing what plays I need to go. Where, where's always thinking ahead, knowing where where the ball is going. Mm-hmm. Um, and off the field, it's just getting to know the guys on a personal level and mm-hmm. as well as on the baseball level. So, yeah, that's what I was going to go with next. Is you know, do you spend a lot of time with each pitcher, getting to know them personally, so you guys can have that connection? Because that bond is important when you're out there. You know, because when things start going wrong, you need to be able to know you can go out there and calm them down and vice versa. So, you know, that is important. Yeah. Yeah. I, sure. yeah you got to have to respect you right. at some point. You know what I'm saying? Um, not just to catch yeah. up as a friend and a brother. So I definitely like that. Though. That's cool. Uh, so is there anybody in the, in the um, MLB or anybody in professional baseball that has diabetes at play that you know of? Uh, so I know, I feel like there's several guys that have it. The only one I know of, um, I don't, I don't know his first name, but he put, he's a pitcher for the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Um, his last name is Hicks. Um, he's a young guy. I know he's, he's doing really well. He actually, um, he throws the piss out of the ball. He's someone like a hundred, mid a hundreds, 101, 102. Mm-hmm. Um, but I saw his Instagram and he had an account and he actually, he, he made some kind of clothing brand or merchandise brand. Um, selling some diabetes stuff. So I thought that was really cool. But he's the only guy I really um, know of. But I feel like there's a couple more. Well, that, that's cool to actually have stuff out there that makes, I guess, makes it more comfortable um, to play with this stuff on. Yeah. That is interesting. I have to look that up. And, and yeah, see we will have to try to check that out. Mm-hmm. You said he plays for the Cardinals? Yes, sir. I'll see if I can look up his name. I know he's a he's one of the pitchers there, Jordan Hicks. Okay, yeah, I've heard of him. Yeah. Yep. I, I've heard of him. I know heard Jordan him. Hicks. He went, I, he went to Lee. I know Jordan Hicks. that went to Lee actually years ago. Really? Well, it's a different Jordan Hicks. Yeah, I know. I know. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, he didn't even play baseball here, so I'm like, I don't know. So you said you're more interested in the college baseball nowadays instead, and more than the major league. And because of the action, I and I get that because I'm actually been I've been watching a ton of college baseball uh, this year. But is it? Do you think it's more because you're you're in that atmosphere right now that it kind of pulls you in a little bit more than the professional level, or um, to some extent, I would say yes. And obviously, nothing I say I want hark on uh, professional players because they earn my hundred, you know, full respect. But also, I feel like in the college, you know, they're uh, they just have a like a more desire to play and like to give 100 percent than the pros do. Obviously, the pros are playing 
160, 180 plus games. So obviously if they hit a ground ball, you know, they're not going to fully run it out because you know they're out. But um, mm-hmm. in college, you know, I, I can tell when the guys are giving their 100 percent, they want to be there and they want to they want to do the best for their team. It's never about them. It's about the team. Um, so I respect that a lot. And I, that's just what I love to watch. I understand that. And did you play any other sports growing up or was this straight up just baseball all the way? I played uh, one year of upward soccer, one year of upward basketball. And that was it. Dad said I couldn't play football because he didn't want me to get hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I stuck to baseball. How, there you go. You say your dad. How important is your family like um, in your life right now? Uh, they're they're high up there for sure. They um, you know, they're my they're my rock. Um, I'm a pretty quiet guy when it comes to my family. I don't talk a lot, but I'm the jokester in the family. <laughs> um, but my family means a lot. They uh, they were there through the whole time with diabetes. They've supported me so much that words can't describe um, through prayers and, you know, financial needs and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, but they've also been there around with me, with my friends. Um, currently, like where we, uh, they've opened up our house to um, have uh, supper nights at um, the house for the freshman guys on the team. Okay. Um, so they're just a big blessing. I have a, an older brother and a younger sister along with my two um, parents. Um, you know, I can't really ask for anything else. My sister looks up to me a lot and I respect that. Um, and if she said something right now, she'd probably, make, she'd probably make me cry. It's how much I love her so much. Yeah. Um, so it's a family's a lot. Family's a lot. And, uh, you know, how big of a role does your, I know you said your faith is important. So how big of a role has that played in all of this to where you are now? Right. Yeah. Faith is everything, man. I, I mean, I obviously I wouldn't be here. Um, if it wasn't for my faith, I got saved when I was around seven or eight years old. Um, but usually when I tell my story, I tell people that my faith doesn't really start until I was diagnosed with diabetes. Um, cause like I said, I was, I was walking in the hospital when I was supposed to be in a coma. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when I was around 11, there was a situation where I passed out because of something that was related to diabetes. Um, I don't remember it cause obviously I passed out, but I woke up in the hospital and the doctors didn't know what happened, but, um, you know, you said you hear it a million times well obviously like life is so valuable and so precious that you don't really understand um you know the value it holds until you must lose it and i i can say that because i want to say that i almost lost my life a couple of times um but you know god has been there through it all for me um you know just like baseball there's never a time where um where it's going great and never a time where it's going bad but i know that god's with me through it all um, and he has definitely showed up in many ways that I can't even describe for sure. Good, man. Do you have do you have any hobbies outside of baseball? Like you, you a video game dude? Or, uh... Uh, I like hanging out with friends. I like being outside playing other sports like tennis. I'll play tennis with my friend. Um, and I like playing some instruments. I play guitar, drums, and bass guitar. So I, I play yeah. a little bass guitar myself. I got a little Fender at the house right now. So hey. <laughs> I don't play it as much as I like I used to back in the day, but every once in a while I pick it up and and, and put some music on and try to play along with it. But I really oh, yeah. wish I could kept that. I played with a couple of worship teams back in the day and stuff like that. So <laughs> for sure. So I, I definitely enjoy that. That's big in my life. Music is big in my life. So <laughs> that's good, man. I love it. And so, man, I had a good question. I wanted to, oh yeah. So uh, when it comes to your faith, I know you said, you know, it's, it, you know, you know, God's always been there, but have there ever been any challenges, any times where you were like, man, 
just in, in absolute doubt or just struggling with that? Um, you know, as a believer, I know, like, I know where the Lord stands. I know that um, the Bible says that he's never going to leave us, but I know um, for a fact that, you know, I've been at rock bottom. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I've been, you know, um, I've been hating life. I, I wouldn't say I'd question suicidal thoughts, but, you know, there's definitely been points where like life couldn't get any worse, you know, and um, I'm sure everybody's been there as an athlete. For sure. We've all been there. Um, just seems like nothing's going right. Um, but I also know, you know, for a fact, and I 100% believe it, that um, God saves us and God loves us when we're at our weakest point. When we're at rock bottom, that's when God loves us the most. When we're down and doubtful, God picks us up with his hand. Um, he carries us. He walks through us. He walks with us. Um, and those are all things that he promises in the Bible um, to us. So I know that, um, you know, no matter what I go through, yes, it's going to suck. Yes, it hurts. Um, but there's not one moment where he's really going to leave me um, because I've accepted him as my Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, sir. That's important, man. Yes, sir. I like that. Man, that's <laughs> deep. I like it. Because yeah. I know I've been through some, like you said, been through some low times and you you know, you might be a little frustrated. You might be broken. You might feel like you can, you're not going to make it. But in the back of my mind, I always knew that he was somehow he was going to come through, you know. And so if you can just hold mm-hmm. on to that faith a little bit, just hold on to that little bit of faith, he'll come through. You know, and I, sure. I think a lot of people lose sight of that. They let that those emotions in that time get the best of them and kind of harden mm-hmm. their hearts a little bit. And so, but, man, you just got to hold on. You got to keep believing. That's, that's For sure. So, yes, sir. I like that. Yeah, man. And so, you know, I know, um, you know, we've been talking about your faith and stuff. So I imagine your family's pretty spiritual as well. Pretty big in church. Yes, and stuff. Yeah, they, uh, I mean, growing up, they've always been, um, they've always, uh, we've always gone to church, always um, done the Bible schools, um, mm-hmm. Bible studies at home, Bible studies with um, friends and family. One thing that I love about my folks is that um, they, they're very, very uh they love kids and love teenagers so they we've always opened our house up to um have bible studies have get-togethers um they're always ready and willing to share their stories um how god has worked in their lives um, what they're teaching um my family my my folks are just amazing i just love them so much man they're uh, very knowledgeable and wis- they have a lot of wisdom in them um and i look up to them a lot that's awesome, man. I know that that's very important as well. It sounds like your family's big on the importance of community, not just community, mm, but for sure. sharing love, you know, and that's huge. I yes. think we need that now more than ever. So that's good, man. That's good. Yeah, we definitely need a community, a good community to be a part of. And so are you heavily involved in church and stuff as well? Like do you play music for church or anything like that? Yeah, so I used to, obviously, before um... – baseball i, I helped lead mm-hmm. worship at um church played drums um growing up i played in my youth band a lot played you know guitar bass and drums for the youth um but unfortunately now with baseball you know we we end up playing a lot of sundays so the, um i'm unfortunately not able to play as much but um when i get free time i'd, I'd love to be be back in the church playing worship that's awesome that's really good man that's yeah, important yeah. so you got anything else you want to end that? I don't. Okay. So I didn't know if you want to go into anything from your past there. Oh, <laughs> uh, um, I, I would ask. So, uh, do you do you seek a a, a full time ministry job? Um, if 
Or oh, what? What is your future plans with baseball? And um, because you, you know, a lot of people when they, I say you did your life dedicated church with people, but do you have any like plans on being a full time ministry or anything like that? Yes, I don't. I don't really think. Um, from my understanding, I don't think the Lord has called me to anything ministry wise, being a pastor or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I know He's gifted me with um, just good people skills. Good. Um, I've been told I've been a good listener. I give good advice, apparently. Um, so right now I'm, I'm seeking a human development degree at Lee. Um, and hopefully what I'll be looking at is um, doing some kind of counseling role or um, a juvenile, you know, recreation kind of help. Um, so I don't really know what uh, what location guys lead me to, but for sure I, um, I'd say just loving people and um, helping people out, making sure that they see the bigger picture and make, make sure they see, um, you know, the joy in life. That's something I think that God is leading me to right now. So I got you. And, um, do you have a, a kind of a plan for, for baseball after college? Um, you know, I've never really thought of going, you know, going bigger, going pros. Um, obviously I've had several guys tell me that if I keep working the way I'm working, that, um, I could have a shot going to the pros. Um, my thought process is if it, oh, God opens the door to go pros and that's where he wants me to go, then heck yeah, let's do it. And if not, then hey, that's all right. You know, I'll do whatever he wants me to do. I get that. I definitely understand that. That's what's yeah, up, well. I hope you the best of luck with both, either with your future in general. So, yeah, I get that. Either way, man, I think you're going to be all right. You seem like you got a sound head on your shoulders. Yeah. For sure. And a great understanding of who you are, which is important. And a lot of people at your age still struggle with that. Not saying you don't have your struggles, but you seem like with your your family and everything, all the support around you, you can tell it's really built you up and prepared you for this moment. So that's good. Yes, sir. For sure. But, man, we – uh. To wrap, kind of wrap things up, wind things down here, we always like to ask a couple questions. So, if you have dinner, you have dinner, you could invite five people, dead or alive, who would they be? If I had dinner, invite five people, dead or alive. Mm-hmm. Ooh, all right. Let's see here. I'd probably want the one and only Sadie Robertson. Uh, <laughs> I'd probably want Jackie Robinson. I got you. Um, I feel like I would like to be in the presence of Ronald Reagan. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then, let's see here. I'd probably go big or go home with some Morgan Walling. <laughs> I got you. So, what's that for? You need one more? Yeah, you need one more, buddy. Yeah. Oh, one, one more? Yeah. <laughs> um. Jeez, that's a tough one. Uh, we might as well just go off with Anthony Rizzo so I can meet him. There you go. You good with that. <laughs> just give me an autograph. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then um, what would you say? Well, actually, let's, let's change it up here a little bit for him. So typically we've had people that play basketball and stuff like that. So for you, who would be your top top five Baseball players of all time. Yeah. All time baseball players. Um, probably, obviously, Jackie Robinson. Um, I like Clayton Kershaw for the Dodgers. Okay. Um, I used to be a big uh, Chase Utley fan when he was on the Phillies. Um, 
Let's see. Got, obviously, Yadier Molina. And then last one, we will say hmm. ah, Derek Jeter, all times. Cool. Yeah. That's a good list. I like it. I like that, too. I like that list. I mean, I'll put Kyle Ripken on the list. Though. Yeah, Kyle Ripken. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, can, I can come up with some, too. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a big Orioles fan, so I got a couple Orioles I'll put on that list. But yeah. I'm just biased right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> so what would you say so far? I know, you, I know you're young, you know, freshman in college. But what would you say so far is your, your greatest accomplishment and your biggest fear in life? Biggest accomplishment, greatest fear. Uh, let's see here. Not just in baseball, right? Just in life. Just in, just in general, yeah, just in general. However you want to do it. Uh, my, I know my biggest fear for a fact is just letting people down. Um, you know, it's being a people pleaser and being grown up, um, you know, loving people when I uh, let people down or, you know, don't rise up to the expectations that really defeats me as a person, defeats me mentally. Um so much so that even, you know, letting myself down has been a big struggle in my life. Just um, always expecting the greatest, but never usually able to meet those expectations. It's something that I've always struggled with. Obviously, I'm still working on it. Um, so failure is a big, big struggle. Um, see, my biggest accomplishment. Oh, that's a tough one. Um. I'd say a big accomplishment for me was getting baptized. Um, you know, baptism is a just a sign of your faith, a sign of letting people know um, that you're fully committed to loving, loving Christ and willing to serve Him. Um, I got the chance that one of my, um, my my greatest friends and mentors um, be able to baptize me, so that's a big moment. Okay. Um, so I always I always remember that moment is probably something I'm, the greatest accomplishment there. That's good. I like that. I like that a lot. Just two more questions here. What would you like people to uh, to take away from this conversation? Um, honestly, I mean, I was thinking about this um, before we did the podcast here. And something that I want people to know is just that, you know, like you've heard, life isn't fair. Life hits you down when you're weak. Life, um, you know, it sucks sometimes for sure. Um, and I know that for a fact, you know, I've witnessed the hand, uh, hands on, but in my opinion, nothing beats a hard work ethic and nothing beats loving people. Um, if you have a hard work, work ethic and you love people, you're going to be a, you're going to be a good person in the world. People are going to look up to you. Um, you know, I don't really take anything for granted. I don't expect a lot from a lot of people, but I know that if what I put in is all that I can put in then the results are fine, no matter, no matter the you know, how bad they are. If I go over four, um, if I go four for four, you know, if I put in the work ethic, um, you know, then everything's going to be okay. And obviously loving people can come into that. Um, a big part of who I am is just the word selfless. Um, I've thought about just, if I can please other people, if I can be there for other people and not worry about myself, then, you know, therefore, you know, I'm going to be a better person because I'm caring about other people. Mm -hmm. um, likewise, if people do that for me, you know, then, so be it. But if I'm there for other people, you know, that's, that's where I get my pleasure from. That's awesome, man. That's what's up. Loving others is, is important. <laughs> Both those things are so important, but man, 
That's really good. And then um, do you have like uh, social media or anything you want to put out there, ways people can reach you, anything like that? Yes, yeah, so I have an, an Instagram account. Um, it's just simply Riley Black 44 no cap, no caps, no spaces. Um, R-I-L-E-Y-B-L-A-C-K 44. You should see my my picture up there. It says something like university commit or something like that. But if y'all want to hit me up there, that'd be great. All right, man. Well, we thank you so much for coming on and uh, having this conversation with us. Yeah, for real. I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. All right. I enjoyed that uh, conversation with Riley. Yeah, man. It was great, dude. He's a cool, genuine dude. I, I really like talking to him. Yeah, man, for real. You know, um, actually getting talking off the off the interview and everything like that. He's he was a very cool guy. And everything, yeah, so. you can tell he's very genuine, and I just understands who he is. You know, so yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah, so we're gonna get up out of here because we got just a nice day outside, and we want to enjoy this day. So yeah, uh, we got things to do. So we're gonna hit y'all up later. Love y'all. Uh, to this episode of the Then Wait Podcast. If you believe in what we're doing, be sure to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to the podcast and check out our Patreon page. Don't forget that you have worth and value. And if you are ever in need of encouragement, feel free to connect with us on our socials.